You're listening to the Talking Forest Podcast with your host, Kendra Burns. In today's world, it's important to communicate your story online, and Kendra can help you by diving into social media and providing you with free tips and insights on how to build your organic social media following and shine online. Having been raised low-income, first in her family to go to college, and a proud international military spouse, Kendra develops creative media content across many social media platforms from anywhere in the world. Her inspiration comes from the people who give her hope and believe in her so she can believe in you. Follow the Talking Forest podcast today to see how she lives the dream of a traveling virtual entrepreneur and get your tech tips as we keep up with the latest on social media. Burns from the Talking Forest podcast, and I'm so excited today. I am introducing Edie Dooley. Hi, Edie. Hello. Hey there. So I'm really excited to get to know you today. You have been doing some great things and have really been essential in the Oregon area. You've also been in Montana communities, and I hear that you like to mentor high school students, college students, and really get in the community. So. Um, let's hear more about that. Uh, Edie Dooley is a field forester stewarding 12,500 acre family forest in Western Oregon with one of the America's oldest forestry consulting companies, Mason Bruce Girard. Prior to finding her way into this dream job, she worked for MBG out of Portland, Oregon as a forest analyst performing forest inventory analysis updates, running large cruise jobs, including managing the crews of the Oregon's Elliott State Forest in 2015, working on fast turnaround due diligence cruise jobs. Two years ago, while living in Portland, Edie founded the Free to Grow Coalition, a networking group for the next generation of leaders in forest work, aimed at holding casual meetups to have real talk about forestry's joy as well as its challenges. Edie has held a breadth of forestry and conversation con- conservation jobs, including serving as an urban conservation crew leader with a student Conservation Association, three forest service technician seasons in botany, fire ecology research, and civiculture. USDA National Needs Fellow Forestry Master's student conducting research on disturbance ecology and multi-trophic level interactions with white bark pine, mountain pine beetles, and white pine blister rust. And as a Montana DNRC's Urban Forest Inventory Program specialist conducting surveys of publicity owned urban trees throughout Montana's community. While paid to be a forester, Edie's an ecologist at heart with an honors in bachelor's in science and biology focused on ecology and evolution from Syracuse University where she conducted an undergraduate thesis on effects of anthropogenic sound on birdsong. She also earned an art history minor. She completed her master's in forestry at University of Montana in 2012, having grown up in a small town in New York State and eventually living in Portland, Oregon. Edie is loving settling into her country life in Willamette Valley in Oregon, where she lives with her partner, who is also a forestry consultant. She has also started a new Free to Grow Coalition group in her, her for her forestry peers in the Salem, Oregon area. She enjoys skiing, yoga, travel, rock climbing, aerial silks, gardening, bird watching, and being a feminist. So I'm really excited to have you on today and get to know more about you. So thanks for coming out. Yeah, thank you so much. I'm really uh, happy and honored that you uh, asked me to do this interview. I have a lot of passion and excitement about forestry, so it's just great to have a platform uh, to do that. 
And uh, before we get started, I just want to say that anything, any opinions I express are strictly my own as an individual, not my employer or my clients or SAF or even free to grow. Well, great. So let's start in the humble beginnings. And what was your first job and do you have any good memories of it? Uh, my first job was a cashier at the local grocery store. Um, I have a few good memories, mostly the skills I took away with like learning how to actually give change. That was before the machines would do it for you and how to balance your drawer. And um, I learned that I really didn't want to do something that would be the same thing day in and day out. But I also really loved getting a paycheck and learning the value of work and um, you know being accountable to something outside yourself. Well, that's really amazing, and I can relate to that as I was a bank teller for a few years, and counting back was a, a skill. It, it really did take us, you know, like a lost art. It really can be now. We have all these computers and cell phones just chilling out there with uh, calculators on them, so you know, um, that's great. And so, what is your role right now? So, my role is as a field forester at the Avery Family Forest. Uh, it's a really awesome piece of property that my company, Mason, Bruce, and Gerard, has managed for 60 years. Um, I am mostly a field forester, but I definitely get to do everything, um, including like inventory updates and cruising, which is what was I did in my previous job for Mason, Bruce, and Gerard. Um, so I really get to steward the land. I plan harvests. I lay them out. I administer sales. Um, including a lot of thinnings. Uh, we're really awesome in that we get to do an 80-year rotation, which I'm grateful for. We also have three old-growth reserve patches, so it's really eco-forestry at its best. Um, we also allow public recreation, so managing the recreation side is a big part of it and interfacing with the community and uh, neighboring landowners. Um, and I also get to explore my artistic side. I started an Instagram for the uh, owners so that they could connect with their forest and I literally put it in their pocket for them. Some of these people maybe have never even been to the land. So I just really want to make it relevant for them. And um, yeah. Well, that's awesome. So you kind of picked up social media and just ran with it and, and got that visualization, which is really important. That's why that's why most people are on Instagram. and. How easy is it to talk about forestry and talk about a forest? Is that something that you enjoy doing? Yeah, definitely. And I feel like with Instagram, you don't even really have to talk about it. You could just <laughs> use the pictures. Um, but yeah, I think it's super uh, important. I kind of have my own personal little soapbox about how with people moving to urban centers, we're really becoming disconnected from the resources that support us. And so. Uh, that's what I like to use Instagram for. It's just to like put it in their face of like, this is where wood comes from. This is where paper comes from. And look at all these people that are happy doing these jobs out here. We're not just, you know, the backwards people in the rural areas. It's uh, what supports all the people in the cities. Right. So you've done a lot of things that I really enjoyed. Um, the different things that you've done in the past with the Student Conservation Association and the USDA National Needs Fellow Forestry Master's Student. That's really cool. So those types of things have been building up. Do you, do you feel like you've really accomplished, accomplished a lot? And what do you think you've accomplished thus far? What's the most kind of, what's the biggest thing that sticks out for you 
for your accomplishments? Um, I think I, I've got two. One of them is landing this job, which is my dream job. Um, and I did that in a very circuitous route. Like back in the day, I totally was through and through wanted to be uh, a Forest Service civil culturist. One of our professors would say you would wear green underwear if you were totally committed to the Forest Service, and that was me. Um, that didn't turn out to be my path, and so I did a lot of other things like urban forestry and um, forest entomology, and when I was doing those different seasonal jobs or education bits, um, part of me was like nervous that it seemed really ADD, that I couldn't focus on a single thing, uh, but now that I've landed my job, I look back and I see that all of those jobs and experiences were completely relevant, especially for the type of job I have now, which is super diverse. Um, so I was really setting myself up to be a well-rounded person that my clients could trust with their forest, with, with isn't just having the value of um, getting as much timber out as possible. And right. so I feel like just um, saying yes to a lot of opportunities to get me to this path has been a huge accomplishment. Um, but then also starting Free to Grow Coalition, which is a um, happy hour networking group started in Portland for young people in the forest sector. I like to say sector because we don't want to just uh, confine it to people that consider themselves part of industry. Like I want to bring all the voices to the table, including the people that want to stop timber sales. You know, let's get to get know each other in a very casual and friendly person-to-person -person level. Um, so that's going well. I think we, we just passed two years and um, it takes a lot of work, but it's definitely worth it. Like, I feel like I know so many people in the industry now, and it's just fun. Right, there's a lot of people coming together, and you just get to chill for a night and see different people and invite people out. So um, I think it's a great gathering and opportunity for anyone. Yeah. So that's awesome that you've done that. So then the big question, are you introverted or extroverted? <laughs> um, I think I always thought I was an extrovert, because I really am fascinated by people. I'm really curious about them. Um, but then when learning like what the real definition of introvert, extrovert is, is like how you recharge, I realized that I'm more introverted than I thought. And I think I'm also becoming more introverted as I age. Um, but also, it totally depends on where I'm at in my cycle. If I have a lot of outward energy or inward energy. And I think that's a thing that all, uh, well, <laughs> all women of a certain age deal with that maybe we don't talk about, but it's a real aspect of how we move about in the world. Right, absolutely. Um, and I have to be careful with that too because a conference can drain me, so I need to go hermit for a little bit, um, even in a room, a hotel room, or an off-site off place, and that's just part of it. You have to feel how you feel and then adjust from there. So that's, that's awesome that you're, you're tuned into that. Um, so my other question is, what is your favorite social media platform and why? And we did talk about Instagram, but are there any other social media platforms that you like using? How do you use them? Uh, yeah, I definitely like Instagram the best. I feel like I was like born on Facebook because Syracuse University was one of the first eight schools that was um, opened up after Zuckerberg opened it up to Harvard. Oh. And so I was on there before it was like open to the world or even high school students. And I remember when they opened it up, I was like, what is this? They're letting everyone in, but now it's the whole world is literally on there. Um, 
I just, I really liked the visual medium of Instagram. I think it's much easier. I didn't want to offer a lot of narrative comments because I feel like just put the pictures out there and people can decide for themselves. And um, I was an art history major, so I really am attuned to visual things. And so I like Instagram in that way. Um, I've also started using LinkedIn a little bit more. I've had a profile for a while, but um, I never really posted anything. I just kind of used it for like professional research. Like if I had an interview coming up, I would go and research everybody in the company. And I, I think that's a really great use of it because at the moment when you're meeting somebody, you can like kind of yeah. your brain freezes because you're just taking in the energy of that person. Right. And you, you're not really able to hear like, oh, this is what, who I am and what I did. So if you already have that logged in your brain, it's, you can just be way more present when you're meeting somebody. Um, so come to conferences with a purpose and use that website that they create to find um, speakers, people who are going to be attending, and really tune in on who you want to talk to. I think that's pretty important. Um, it's helped me um, because I don't have energy to talk to 1,300 people. So um, that's definitely a good a good thing to do just to get on LinkedIn. I've done that before. I've um, been a speaker at an international conference and all. I went and actually added everyone that was going to be there. And then while I was speaking, one of the questions was, and um, so how do you use LinkedIn? I said, well, I already added everyone. And they're like, yeah, we've seen you before. We, we recognize you. I'm like, from where? LinkedIn. I'm like, okay. So there you go. You all already are starting to use it, which is perfect for, and this is what we need it for is, you know, getting to know each other and, and seeing what we're, we're all about and what we're doing. And it is a virtual resume, really. Yeah. So you can carry it anywhere you go, no matter what conference you're at. So yeah. it's awesome. I think it's also a great place to have a voice if you, about issues in our industry. Um, I just made my first post really that I created myself and I put a little video of some uh, planters that were planting trees. And I just wanted to say thank you to all the people with like Hispanic Mexican heritage that do the dirty work in forestry. and. Um, and it's now it has seen like 46,000 views, which I'm like, how did that happen? It's crazy. Like, yeah, that was not my intention, but you educated folks. Yeah, <laughs> really. That's awesome. So who are your role models right now? Are there people that um, you look to as your mentors, people that you look up to? Um, some people have answered that differently. So how do you view the role model mentor mentality? Well, I think role models and mentors are I don't know maybe they're separate but my my mentors right now are I've got a few uh, Stu Smith is um, he's a co-worker of mine he's in his 70s and he's a total bad a he's still working in the woods <laughs> and he had, he's like really good with the technical forestry um, he does his research but also he has seen the industry I mean he's been working in the industry for like way longer than I've been alive and like almost two of my lifetimes he's been in the industry so he's so, seen so much that he has this amazing perspective and I think it's really important that we consult our wise forest elders yes um, to get that perspective because you know when you're just popping out of college right now you look at the state of the industry and you think this is just how it is but maybe if you have more experience or can hear the stories of the old timers that definitely want to tell their stories, you can learn that the industry's changed a lot and um, it's definitely not fixed and that we can change it if we want to. 
Yeah, absolutely. There's um, no end-all be-all, and you can all be a part of that change. So definitely listen to what's been done, and I have been really good friends with some folks, and they've given me opportunities that I didn't even expect um, were available. I didn't even know they were available and, until I was given them by some wise foresters. So that's awesome that you, you have that connection and you utilize it. So what's your most valuable tip that you can tell our listeners? Um, uh, I don't know if it's a tip, but I just want to kind of give like a locker room pep talk. Let's ra like rally up the troops. <laughs> and uh, I just want to employ people to use your voice. And I think that, you know, we're at a really critical time right now. Climate change is real. The rest of the world is signed on to the Paris Accord. We are too, but we're supposed to get out of it. And um, whatever side of the political spectrum you're on, it, it doesn't really matter. If you're in forestry, we have an amazing opportunity to be a huge part of the solution. And um, forestry is already doing that, but historically foresters have not been great at uh, speaking up. I was just out in the woods today, this morning, with a forester who said the same thing. And um, he's an older forester, and, and I just, it's such a truism. And I think that now is the time. Um, if, if the foresters, if the practitioners, the people that are doing the work that really understand how the the woods and the environment and even supply chains work, if they're not speaking up, then how does that appear to the public? As if we don't care or it doesn't matter. So if, if we don't care in their perception, why should they care? Um, right. I think we have a really important role to play. In. And also just looking back historically, like foresters have not been one to speak up and they've said maybe you know leave that to the policy people we'll just do we'll manage our forest and that is enough of a job in itself i get that but um forestry and logging is recovering it's a slow upward climb from a bad um public perception and and that's partly because of things that were happening i think in the 60s um, that precipitated the national forest management act and those were real like black eyes on the industry. And, you know, I'm sure at that time that there were foresters that didn't like what was going on, but maybe they didn't speak up. Yeah. And I see this time right now is the same. It's, it's a different problem. The problem now is climate change, but if we don't speak up um, for how forestry can be a bigger part of the solution, yes, uh, active forest management is sustainable, but it could be far more sustainable if we yes. lengthen rotation ages on industrial grounds, you would have more carbon on the landscape at any one time and still be able to harvest and make products. And I think that we should, as an industry, hold ourselves to a higher standard, that we can really be a bigger part of the solution. Absolutely. The voice is the best thing that we have. And there's moments where sometimes you have to get that fire just going and sometimes people can light fires for other people and get them to have their voice but if you want to be motivated and if you want to get out there and you have a voice use it absolutely i highly agree in that and i am with you on that so um speaking of lighting fires what motivates you to get out of bed? Why Why do you get up every day? <laughs> uh, I get up so that I can have time to do a little bit of yoga. <laughs> so I can 
connects with my body. Um, that's the approximate. Um, ultimate is that I have my dream job, so when I remember that and all the work that I've done to get myself here, um, like I can wake up and go do exactly what I want to do and be challenged in new and interesting ways every day. Um, I think that's it. But also I, I feel like, um, like the Free to Grow Coalition is really exciting, but and it's a lot of work to coordinate it, but it's not hard. Like it's, it comes together so easily and people are so excited about it that to me, it just feels like it's kind of coming through me. Like I'm just channeling this idea and that like somebody was gonna do it eventually, right? but it just happened to be me. Yes. And so when I like, when I think about that and when I see it from that perspective, it's like, I feel like I'm, I'm here to do something. I have something to share and I think it's around environment, this, this go around, this incarnation. But um, so that gets me out of bed is that I'm, I feel really lucky that I knew I wanted to do environmental stuff from a very young age. I unfortunately didn't discover forestry until grad school. So I feel really jealous of all the young students now that learning that learn it in high school. But um, yeah. it's, yeah. I've done, I have the experience and the education and I'm in the right place. And so now I just need to, to do the work. So maybe the same kind of thing that happened to me with Talking Forests, I had all these intentions and ideas and I would think about them and I would be repeating them in my head and then it's manifesting now even through this podcast in ways that I didn't even imagine however I just kept on saying that that this is going to happen and I kept on using um, the phrase I'm going to bridge age age diversity and sustainability and the way it's manifested itself was not what I expected and I didn't even really think about how that would happen I just said I would do it <laughs> and now we're here and so I feel like free to grow is one of those things that you probably thought about for so long yeah and it was your calling and that's exactly for me what um, the voices are being heard on this podcast are all about that's awesome so <laughs> super excited so then activities outside of working so you said gardening and um, being kind of in Willamette Valley, what that's what is that like? Um, it's really interesting. Well, the Willamette is beautiful, but I have a love-hate relationship with it because I'm allergic to grass. Oh no. And it's the grassy capital of the world, so <laughs> I'm like, do we really all need all those lawns that are wasting water? <laughs> let's <laughs> but, plant some trees. Yeah, exactly. Let's afforest this. I mean, and so much of that could be uh, oak woodland. But besides that, uh, um, it's great. I I can see a tree recently fell down um, in my backyard. It got butchered by the power company and it became unbalanced and it fell over. And I thought it was sad at first until I realized that because it fell over, I can now see the property I manage from my bed. So that's another thing that gets me out of bed in the morning. I'm like, that hillside, that's, that's my land that I get to take care of Aww. on behalf of my clients, not mine. Um, <laughs> but uh yeah so I, I really like just like having the outdoors all around me i've never lived with so much space i have fields on three sides um and so that's totally different i have a a, a little um, garden that takes a lot of work and um, i really miss the cultural things that i got to have in the city in portland um, so i'm recreating i got a new free to grow happening we usually meet around salem 
Um, but I am traveling to do aerial silks, which was a huge hobby of mine here in Portland, um, just to have that physical outlet. Uh, I definitely love skiing and snowboarding. I go up to Hoodoo and started backcountry skiing this year um, with my partner, which is really fun. A new thing for me is uh, living with only a wood stove. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And uh, my boyfriend has a lot of experience with that. He grew up with a wood stove, but uh, it's been really eye-opening that, like, just seeing uh, wood as a heat source, which, you know, that's really basic. Humans have been doing that for thousands of years, but yeah. when you have to, like, get it chop down the tree. So the work going into it. it up. Yeah, they always say it like heats you more than once and I counted it once. I think it's like seven times of like dropping the tree, bucking it, delimbing it, loading it in your truck, unloading it from your truck, splitting it, stacking it, bringing it to the shed and then finally bringing it in the house. Yeah. Sounds like your energy outputs a lot on that. Yeah, definitely. It's probably <laughs> not a net <laughs> benefit, but yeah, it's fun having the wood stove and getting to chop wood, especially if I'm ever mad. I just go split some wood. <laughs> right. So um, my next question then is how would you like to see forestry change? Um, I would like to see forestry change in kind of like an elusive way but I said in my bio that I enjoy being a feminist which I really do. It's a lot of fun and I think it's, it's we're having a moment right now the third wave of feminism. Um, and so I'm really excited that there's a lot more women in forestry and especially in positions at the top. But I realized the other day that we don't just need more women in forestry, we also need more femininity in forestry and space uh, for that sort of energy. And I don't want to assign femininity just to females because gender's in flux, especially if you live in Portland. Um, but. Uh, I have been a little bit of a disciple of Alison Armstrong, who's this awesome woman that has spent her life studying men and women and how our operating systems and uh, ways of speaking and thinking are completely different. And um, she has given up the uh, masculine feminine because of the same issue, and she's gone towards the anatomy or analogy of hunters and gatherers. Okay. And so when I think about it in that, um, mindset like forestry has been really good at producing timber and it, that's like a hunting aspect it's single focused it's driven it's very productive and that's great we've built an awesome industry that way but I think that we need to incorporate more of the gathering um, mindset which is really more peripherally focused it's if you think about gathering you're looking at all the different things in the woods identifying each one um, so considering all of the benefits rather than just the single timber benefit. And you know, that's really the same sort of thing as eco-forestry. Yeah. But it's more based on the resource. Right. Within the woods and what the woods create in the woods. And there's very few people out there, um, mycologists, entomologists, all the ologists, they are the specific, you know, instead of being an orister or a forester, yeah. they're ologists. Those ologists, um, even ornithology, um, is a big deal and I do believe that as well just as you do that that focus and not just extracting but also utilizing resources just like the natives did I think is very very important moving forward yeah and going forward and in, in, in this dialogue that we're talking about and even I have repeated to people um, someone told me today that we need to in, um, 
we need to get more women on board. And I told that person, I said, no, there's plenty of women. Uh, we make up about half. Um, in Portland especially, there's yeah. pretty, it's pretty half and half. Yeah. I said, no, it's not just um, involving us. It's not just bringing us to the, day, to the table. It is including us uh -huh. on your discussions. Yeah. And that person was like, oh, yeah, you're right. You're already here. We, right. just, we just need to be put into these conversations in forestry. Well, I, yeah. And, and, and include it. Include us. Yeah. <laughs> and it, but it's also just like changing the structure of how forestry is done. I mean, like you can insert women in this existing structure, but if the, if the structure is so single focused and um, really extractive and reductionist, then, you know, society is ultimately not going to be happy with that. And so, um, yeah, just taking a more uh, feminine approach and widening our lens and also just being really grateful for Gaia and Mother Earth and treat, you know, honoring the woods for a beautiful um, place that has its own intrinsic value um, besides the resources that we can extract. If you're ever feeling anxious, and I know I have done this in different countries, I was driving and I didn't know where we were going. I thought we were lost. We were actually in a national forest and in Poland. And I got anxious. I was like, okay, where do we get, how do we get to the freeway? I was just, all I focused on was getting to the freeway. And so I had so much anxiety in that moment because I thought we were lost. And um, it was really interesting because we stopped the car. The moment I put my feet in the soil and I saw a herd of sheep in this field and I could see the freeway I said I'm grounded I am okay I will be okay and that anxiety just went away and I think that um, we need to address and we we are able to help people in these circumstances because um, anxiety is not really talked about but it, it is a true thing that that happens and I know I've grounded myself in Mother Earth yeah several times and that was one of my specific examples that I recently had last year so yeah hugging a tree is always good medicine <laughs> right and that's why urban forestry is so important with more people living in urban centers um, I've worked in now I, I work in management forestry now where a tree is worth how much board feet it holds but I've also worked in the context of urban forestry inventorying individual trees and being the person with the little data recorder out in somebody's front yard and they come running out, you're not going to cut that down, are you? And that's like their greatest fear because they have a personal relationship with that tree. It means worth more than any amount of board feet it could ever hold for them to like look out each morning while they're drinking their coffee and see that yes. tree. And, and so that aspect of forestry is I really important. Urban forestry has a higher value in a priceless way. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's intangible. Yeah. So, um, do you have anything like anything else you would like to add? Any cool stuff or anything that you have coming up? Anything that, any plans? Uh, any plans? Let's see. Well, I think I'm going to get a dog tomorrow. Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, I need my own dog. I've been borrowing my boyfriend's dog, who's a really awesome woods dog, but now he's started his own cruising and consulting company. He's taken him back. So, uh, yeah, I think I'm going to the shelter and getting a dog, so that should take up a lot of my time. And uh, yeah. next Tuesday, SAF's holding the Forestry Day at the Capitol. Okay. On, I don't know what date that is, but I'm really excited about that because I do want to use my voice, and I've never met with any legislator before. Um, so I'm really excited to meet them and yeah. see how they do a session and uh, just network at that event. 
absolutely. So I'm really excited to have you on. And I think the overarching theme with Edie has, today has been, you know, absolutely use your voice. So thanks, Edie Dooley. Mm -hmm. I'm happy to have had you on the podcast. And I am excited to see how Free to Grow um, grows <laughs> in the next five years and um, excited to work with you in the future. Well, thank you. And thanks for putting my voice on the Internet. Yeah. Have a great day. <laughs> you too.